0: The voice of reason. The voice of alarm. The voice of stats. The voice of scouts. The voice of Kool-Aid. The voice of dismay. The voice of Dave-O. And what a beautiful night at Kauffman Stadium. Not in terms of weather, obviously. It's been cold out here. And not in terms of the crowd, which was a surprisingly low 27,166, but in terms of another Royals win of the come-from-behind variety. It was a beautiful thing as KC uses two runs in the bottom of the eighth, gets game one of three with the Twins, four to three, in that ever-important game one of a three-game set that we'll be harping on the next six-plus months on Clubhouse Conversation. Glad you're along. It's Dave O. on your dish. This is the place where we kick off current Royals interviews once a week, beginning next week. We talk to Royals players from the entire system up to the big league roster once a week. That starts next week. We talk to a former player pretty much every single week year round as well definitely in the off season most weeks during the regular season more of those coming up next week. And we're here the majority of nights, three out of four nights here on your dish, wrapping up the post game. So if you're new, glad you are along. You can subscribe on iTunes, have these all go directly into your iTunes, here through the website, clubhouseconversation.com. You can, of course, find us on Twitter. Follow us for our latest updates, at Rails Clubhouse. We are also on Facebook with Clubhouse Conversation. So let's get right to the player of the game tonight. And there were some guys to choose from. And we'll talk about all of them, but ultimately I went with Salvador Perez. Good old salvy you can never go wrong with the heart and soul of the team. in Perez, who goes two for four with two runs and an RBI, of course, including that huge hit he had in the bottom of the eight, scoring Alex Gordon all the way from first. A triple, Salvi's first triple since the 2014 season. In the bottom of the eighth, and then of course Omar gets him in to score the ultimate winning run. So Salvi directly involved tonight, big time in the Royals' offense, and his toughness once again on full display, his leadership as well. In the top of the ninth, I'm sure you saw uh, the first pitch of the final at bat of the game. Eddie Rosario comes in to pinch hit, a guy that puts the ball in play more, more of an action guy than Sano. So not a bad move there by Paul Malter. But that first pitch, Salvi thinks a breaking pitch is coming, gets drilled with the fastball. And not only does Salvi shake that off and stay in the game, but he says basically my bad to Wade Davis. Leadership galore right there. Tough. Tosses the water bucket after the game, even though he's being looked at by Nick Kinney and the Royals training staff. Love Salvi. And we're going to come back to that ninth inning here in a little bit. There's a lot to go over in this game tonight. This is some of the games throughout the year from doing these the last three years. There's some games that are just really easy to talk about because there's like three or four things that happen in chronological order or maybe one big inning or one player to talk about in particular. There's a number of things to talk about in this one. It was kind of an interesting game. This was not an easy one to talk about, to, to plan out. About once a week, you get one of these games that are kind of difficult. So hopefully we'll do it justice. But let's go through it from the beginning. Let's start at the top with your Donald Ventura tonight. First and foremost, something that people have been talking about a bit in spring training, you know, is the velocity is down a little bit. He's not sitting at 100. He never sat at 100, guys. Never. I would tell people tweet me tonight and say, are you worried he's not throwing 101, 102? No. He... That's like a myth. He never sat. He, he he topped out at. He touched 102. Topped out. Sit, you know, for those 90 uh, percent of people listening, know what that means. But for those who don't, sitting means where you typically are going to throw your fastball or your breaking pitch, whatever you know, whatever those pitches. That's typically the mile or two range that you're normally going to sit in throughout the game, and you'll touch a higher speed when you dial it back a little bit. So yes, he touched hundred, 101, 102 many times. Obviously, never sat there. You know, in his prime, maybe quote unquote, with velocity, sitting at 98. 9798 tonight 96 early the fourth inning I tweeted out was I uh, I wouldn't say I was concerned I, I I thought it was interesting that Ventura a number of the fastballs were 86 87 it was odd he, he he topped out at 94 his last two pitches of that fourth inning were at 94 so not a huge deal I don't think I think his control wasn't there his mechanics he's been fighting those since he got hit up pretty hard by the Padres AAA guys back there in spring training when he gave up what was about 10 runs or something like that and that earned runs in that game and we talked about you know heard about dave island talking about how he was opening up early and his mechanics weren't great and I think it was a cold night with the wind. I think he wasn't controlling his pitches. The command wasn't there. I think he was dialing it back to see what he could do, so I don't think it's a big deal at all, but just something. It was, it was interesting that it was that drastic there for two or three hitters. That's, that's all I'm going to say about that, but overall for Ventura, pretty good outing. I mean, he did walk... Six guys, that's not good. That's horrible, obviously. Six walks is not good. He did miss a lot of bats, though. Struck out six, and that's what allowed him to get so deep in this game. Five-plus innings, two runs on two hits, and that's not real deep, but it would have been a three-inning night that he'd not missed bats and had the Royals not played magnificent defense. Luke traver though, does a great job out of the bullpen again. He did allow one of the two inherited runners to score there. But, I mean, a first and second, nobody out mess. And Hoach has already bailed the Royals out the first two games. Great jobs as well. Did it again in this one. Got two-thirds of the way through getting out unscathed there in the sixth inning. He gets three of the four hitters he faces with first and second and nobody out. And leaves with the game tied at two. He was up 2-1 when he came in, obviously. But gets Trevor Pluth leading off the inning to fly out. Strikes out Mr. Park, who hit a ball that still hasn't come down. Impressive. What, 25 miles an hour blown in? Gets the ball up there in the water. Big-time power for this kid. I'm interested to see how good he is this year. Eduardo Escobar does get the sharp single through to tie the game, but then gets out. Kurt Suzuki does Hoach to get out of that inning. But, yeah, it could have been much worse for Ventura had Hoach not done a great job, had the wind not been blowing in. There was two balls that were certainly home runs to a normal summer night, and Kendry's hit one that would have been a home run as well later in the game. It wasn't just the twins that were smoking the ball a couple of times and having the wind knock it down. Certainly, though, at least two, possibly three home runs were saved by the elements. You had a great catch by Alex Gordon to end the second that saved a run or two. Maybe more, because the inning keeps going, too, remember? And before that, luckily, Ventura was aided by some horrible base running from Kurt Suzuki there, who gets the RBI double and tries to stretch it into a triple with the ball right in front of him. Gets gunned out to third base by, like, 10 feet. No clue what he was thinking. That was a big play in this game. Now, that's a what-the-hell-were-they-thinking play by the Twins. Another one, let's fast forward. I I told you there's a lot to talk about in this game, so I'm kind of going to go, you know, ADD throughout this game, but in the what the hell was he thinking category, ninth inning, leadoff walk, first of all. Great at bat by by Brian Dozier. A 10-pitch A.B. against Wade Davis. That breaking ball he fought off in the dirt on pitch number seven of the A.B. was ridiculous. I have no idea how he made contact with that ball. It was literally between his shoes and the dirt. Somehow fouled it off to stay alive. So great at bat there by Dozier. He swiped second. But then what the hell was Danny Santana doing bunning 3-1? The count's 3-1. You've got a guy at second. And I get you want to move him to third base. I get that. And I get that you've got Joe Maurer on deck who you have to be able to count on as your franchise player to get that run in from third base. But A, it wasn't like he was sacrificing. I mean, Santana was, from where I was sitting, looked like he was bunning for a hit. And... 3 1. You just don't bunt in the American League 3 1. I know it's Danny freaking Santana against Wade Davis, but he tries to bunt at ball four, first of all. The ball's at his neck. So that's ball four. They would have had first and second there, but nobody out. Thank you very much for fouling that off. Eventually, then strikes out at ball four again on the pitch in the dirt when he's swinging. So just what the hell were they thinking? A bat by Santana. A, if you're, it had to have been a sacrifice, right? So what were you doing butting so late and not giving yourself up to move the runner? B, you're butting at ball four, and C, you end up striking out at ball four. It's just a horrible bat by Santana. For as good as the Dozier bat was, the Santana bat was equally— that was the antonym for that bat. The the synonym would be, you know— a Salvador Perez at bat earlier in the game. And that second inning that led to the two runs. It was a great at bat by Salvi. That was a similar at bat to the Dozier. A great at bat. The antonym would be would be that at bat there in the ninth inning. So, you know, I don't know what the hell Danny Santana was doing. Joe Maurer hits into the, speaking of ridiculous, rundown play. I'm not even going to try to say what the hell that was. 6-4, 6 5-4, 3-5, 7-8. Who knows what the hell it was. <laughs> the Royals t- it took a little too long there. As Escobar falls down, nice base running there by Dozier to allow Mauer to get into second. Minor scare with Esky there, of course, as his cleat got stuck against his own pants. At first, it looked like it was an ankle twisted, but I believe it was just, you know, cleat on pants. And then you had the minor scare on Salvi. then. You get the second out, runner at second, last at-bat of the game. Rosario comes into to pitch hit. First pitch, Salvi expecting the break and pitch gets dribble with the fastball. You have a little concern there with the wrist. There's a lot of small bones in that wrist. Suspect he'll be out there again tomorrow, especially with Ian Kennedy in the mound. You want your franchise catcher, you know, you're basically the quarterback of your baseball team. You want him out there, especially with your ace. To me, Kennedy is... I mean, I know Volquez is technically probably the ace on this team. The Royals don't have a number one starter, obviously. They probably have three or four number three starters. I almost see Volquez, Ventura, and Kennedy all as number three starters on the legit major league top-of-the-line type rotation, and guys like Medlin and Young as fives in the majority of teams. So, But in my mind, Kennedy's kind of the ace of the staff, so you definitely want Salvi out there. I suspect he'll be out there tomorrow. We shall see. It would be nice to see Drew Butera get in there on Sunday, especially if the Royals win tomorrow. I'd really like to see the Royals... Cut back to 130 games for Salvi this year, regular season. Did a better job last year. Got to do even better. They got, they almost got to force him out early in the year. If you win tomorrow, you're 3-1. and one. You know, the, you're playing the Twins. It's a second start for Volquez. Salvi's caught him plenty. Give him a day off. It won't happen. You you you, you and I both know Buterin won't get into a game till approximately May 15th. <laughs> but it's nice to think about that. Uh, a couple other things tonight from the game I want to get in here. Obviously, the Ray Fuentes... Uh, Big, you know, first-pitch fastball strokes the single in the right field, driving in two runs. Nice job there by Fuentes. And then I mentioned the great at-bat from Salvi and Omar there. Uh, And that's another thing we have to talk about tonight. My God, there's so much stuff tonight. Twice tonight, the Royals give up a run. And just like last year, they either come back and tie it or take the lead. They get down one nothing in the top of the second. Bam. Two runs in the bottom of the second. They get down a run in the top of the eighth. Bam. Two runs in the bottom of the eighth. We saw that over and over and over You just expect it. You're not even worried anymore because you know. A, you know if they lose, oh well, it's we'll come back. We're a damn good team. We're gonna win this division, whatever it takes. You know, whatever. If they lose, they lose. But they're probably not gonna lose. They're probably gonna come back and score. And that's the attitude they have. You can tell they're just like, okay. You heard Ned Yost post game on opening night talk too about how the you know the old Braves teams would just kind of show up and just count down until the playoffs. They, they you know it wasn't like they were half assing it, but they were kind of just clocking in, you know, having fun. They knew they'd win. They knew they were damn good. They were confident. They knew they'd go through and get business done and take care of things. And that's that's the attitude too. This Royals team, nothing to lose, everything to the gain. They they know they're going to win the games. They know they know they're going to keep playing well. It's fun to watch, and I think that's a lot of the mentality that allows them to come back. And tie and win games, you know, respond right away and come back late. One, uh, well, one other thing from tonight's game: be willing to bet you a nickel that Lorenzo Kane has a big night tomorrow. O for four. what is that the Golden Sombrero? Is that what, what, how does that go? Is the golden, golden Sombrero three strikeouts or four? I think it's four. So I think he had that tonight. He definitely had the Golden Sombrero. I May have had worse than that, but <laughs> locate Kane O for four with four Ks tonight. Leaves six guys on base. I expect a big nine out of Kane tomorrow. Think two, three hits. I expect Paulo Orlando to get his first start of the year in right field tomorrow. Uh, Believe them, we'll just see. I I do not think we'll see Butera or Cologne, however, especially with Omar playing well. Uh, Chin-Min Wong and Dylan G should be getting in the next two days. So, you know, there's all that. So tomorrow, like I said, Ian Kennedy versus Tommy Malone. I like the Royals big tomorrow. Malone, a guy who really stymied the Royals in the past, but they've started to kind of figure him out. Edinson Volquez, like I said, comes back Sunday against Ricky Nolasco in a huge mismatch. I expect the Royals to win that game. I expect the Royals to win both of the well, the Sunday game. I think is going to be a laugher. I mean, this is baseball; you can't really predict it. I mean, I'm making it sound like it's the NFL or college football where someone's a 30 point favorite. I, I shouldn't say that. It's it's baseball. There's no such thing as a laugher, <laughs> especially when it comes down to starting pitching and stuff. So you know, but you get what I'm saying. The Royals are big favorites. I would imagine they're minus 200 or more, right? On, uh, if you're in Vegas if you understand the money line, on Sunday, and I would think the Royals are more like a 160-170 tomorrow. So I like the Royals. I like them to get the sweep. I, I do. I think they're going to sweep this series. I, I thought if they got through tonight, they'd, they'd sweep the series, and a nice win tonight for the Royals. Nice job. Like I said, you'd win a win series all year, and don't even worry about Detroit being undefeated or Cleveland playing well. Just look at those in about June 1st. Just keep winning series. You take two out of three, believe me. Every, pretty much every series, believe me, you're going to have a nice, nice season, and the Royals hopefully will be on their way to that, and we'll see that Things continue in a positive manner tomorrow. Now, the first week, throwing me off because of all these off days and day games and weird things, we'll be back on Sunday with another dish. We'll be back on Sunday. I'll be a little bit more consistent as, as we get more consistent with games every day. Be back on Sunday, though. We'll break down games two and three of this series and, and talk about next week and get you caught up on everything else as well on Clubhouse Conversation. Thanks so much for listening tonight. I appreciate you telling a friend. Go Royals. It's O on Clubhouse Conversation.